This is Kieran Murphy, the founder and presenter of the Across the Four Lakes podcast. You know, I just mentioned the fact that we had um, over 70,000 Ukrainians now in Ireland, uh, approaching 100,000 um, uh, at current rates, um, and uh, mentioned the fact that it was putting pressure on our accommodation system, um, but also mentioned the fact that Ukrainians are very welcome in Ireland and the vast majority of people in Ireland um, feel for what they've gone through, welcome them. Um, pointed out that we've over 14,000 Ukrainian children in, in our schools now and uh, you know some uh, schools in rural areas that might have closed are now staying open because of that uh, and also said that we've more than 10,000 Ukrainians uh, working in Ireland now. In the previous two episodes, Ola spoke about her student life in Kiev meeting her husband and moving back to Crimea. When the Russians annexed Crimea, she, her husband and their daughter moved to Lviv in western Ukraine. Then the unthinkable happened when the Russians invaded Ukraine. Now with two children, Ola moved to Poland and eventually ended up in Karlo. Her husband Alex stayed to fight against the Russian invasion. Ola, welcome to the third and final part of our podcast. Hello, hello, thanks. You've had a busy few weeks. Yes, yeah. it was. Yeah. yeah, we were supposed to do the podcast last week, but uh, you were busy and we put it off for a week. No problem. Delighted thanks. to be able to get the third part of the podcast, the podcast on. What were, you, what were you doing? What was, was it work? Partially work and uh, during the weekend I participated in tennis competition, so yeah. it was busy time. I shall we say successfully competed. I will come to that later, yeah. but I have to ask you about that because I was absolutely thrilled when I, when I saw the results. Um, how's your husband Alex? Is he settling in Carlo? Yeah, he's doing well. He already met new people here. We met a couple of Ukrainians. We met some people from Ireland. So he's doing okay. Yeah. Meeting new, yeah. new friends, hopefully. And your two children doing well? Yeah, they're okay. They're enjoying their summer vacation. Yeah. And yeah. they are not counting days till back to school. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, they still have about three weeks to four weeks off anyway. So yeah, four weeks. that's wonderful. Um, listen, the last time we talked, you were we had talked about you living in Poland and you had told me you knew people and they encouraged you to come to Carlo. Can you just take me through that, the logistics of that? What happened? You were, you, let's say from the time you were in Poland, why Carlo or how did it happen? Yeah, last episode I mentioned that uh, uh, actually I got some help from my uh, from the company I work for and That's... there was the proposal from their side if I'm okay to move to other country and the choice was between Poland and Ireland and basically I did some exercises to count pros and cons what will be good bad for me and for kids in Poland versus Ireland and uh, I chose Ireland um, for several reasons, including language. I don't know Polish. <laughs> I could understand when people speak slowly, but I can't speak. And I think it's supposed to be uh, uh, an issue. 
And would you talk to Alex about it? Like you would have been in communication with him all the time, even though he was back in Ukraine. Was it something he would have got involved in in that discussion? Yeah, for sure. We we discussed that as a family, um, like what 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 would be best for us as as the family as the whole. And definitely he supported uh, my, my decision to move to Ireland. Yeah. And was there a couple, you were saying, that there was a, a couple in Carlo who also made sure that your move to Ireland was going to be um, as comfortable as, and as smooth as possible. Yeah, that's true. Um, I have been working with uh, uh, this person for nine years at that point. Uh, I worked remotely, but... Uh, during that time, I visited Ireland as almost as the tourist for one week, and that was really very nice time. I loved the country, the weather. Actually, <laughs> it was in October, and it was so green everywhere, and yeah. that was so different to what I used to see. <laughs> and quite warm. It was windy, but quite warm. So I had some um, some understanding of the country I am moving to, and I was happy to have at least one. Uh, one friend here who could uh, help, who could support and advise and help to find right people and all this stuff. Yeah, and you were leaving your sister. Did your sister bring you to the airport, or was it your sister you were living with? Is that what you told me? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to to recall that, but yeah, you know, like that period of time was like with the fog. You don't remember stuff. <laughs> I'm trying to to to. To recall, but I guess we were leaving the hotel, and I think it was early in the morning, so she she wasn't bringing us to to the airport. Okay, okay, that's right. You did say you had moved to your sisters, and then you moved to the hotel. So, like, you you get on the plane, you're moving to Dublin, flying to Dublin. Was there somebody to meet you there, or? Your yeah. two children, like I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to visualize what it must have been like for you. Had you got somebody to meet you at the other side? Yeah, that 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 was uh, the friend I mentioned yeah. uh, a couple of minutes ago, and he actually picked up us from Dublin, and um, they, his family, they allowed us to stay with them in their house for two weeks while we were looking for the accommodation and so while we are settling up with all the stuff. And I got huge support from his side. I'm really, I deeply appreciate everything that he done. Yeah. Did you have much luggage? No, it was just one, uh, one quite big bag, mm. and uh, small backpacks for everyone. So it, it wasn't too much. But actually, I was, uh, I felt exhausted more than it was indeed, probably because of the, um, the nervous and you know like everything is new and you are not a tourist. You are not just traveling for fun or for work. It's a little bit more serious. <laughs> but and, uh, with your children, was it an adventure for them, or was it, or were they sharing your anxiety? I hope that it was an adventure for them, as uh, like they like to travel, and that was another opportunity to uh, travel by plane. It's not something that you are doing every day, so <laughs> they were excited about that. Uh, it was quite. I don't maybe it was not early morning probably it was early uh, it was late evening probably because I think when we arrived it was already dark outside okay yeah but for kids that was 
just lovely time because <laughs> the first the first point to visit was McDonald's <laughs> to have some food, some meals uh, to relax. McDonald's, yeah. yes, yeah, the important <laughs> things in life, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know that is something familiar to you, and yes. I think it's important to uh, to trace uh, something that you could find the same as you used to, mm. especially for small kids. So I think it. It's it's not the best place to eat for sure, <laughs> not healthier one, but that is the familiar thing. Yeah, what age were they? Remind me. At uh, that stage. They were eleven and five. Eleven and five. The eleven-year-old was looking after the five-year-old. I'm sure. Yes, but they both helping, are really very you. nice. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. What time of the time of the year was it? It was twenty-first of March. Yeah, what you, yeah, actually it was snowy. <laughs> snowy, yeah. Yeah, I do remember yeah. that when we were driving, the huge snowflakes. You were coming home, coming into Cardo in the dark. So you're, where did you just, where did you stay that night? We stayed with uh, with uh, Liam's family. Yeah. And he tried to show me his house when we were approaching, but I was yeah. so exhausted that everything is was just the same. A lot of curves on the road and yeah I, I can imagine I, I I wasn't really sure that I could find the the way back if someone will help if some if nobody will help me yeah did you sleep that night oh yes yeah, yeah <laughs> we, no problem we, everyone was me and kids yeah. we, we were exhausted from you know all the uh, for them probably new experiences for me mostly about the anxiety and uh, yeah. like not usual situation for you and for for for, for kids but yeah, yeah but that, that that was very nice silent night so it was it was it was, was good yeah i can imagine you get up the next morning and let i know you want to go back to your life but now there's a new part of your life starting really isn't there how did you cope with that and the realization of that did you contact your husband to say you would arrive safely i'm sure you did yeah, yeah, for sure. I was uh, messaging him all our milestones. Like we arrived to airport, we uh, went through passport control, <laughs> we are on the plane, yeah. <laughs> we landed. So yeah, I yeah. I did everything so that he will be, uh, he will have a peace of mind <laughs> that everything is going okay for us. And the the next morning, that was actually the. Th- starting of new routines to build new routines and that was quite tough for me as um, everything is new everything changed I um, I deeply appreciate help with uh, settling kids to school as actually the very first morning I got to go slow motion through that whole process for you when you got up the next morning was there a sense of disbelief that this was now where you were in, in your life no, I, I wasn't thinking about that at all. No, like you weren't feeling sorry for yourself or anything. You were getting on with it. I, I just turned off all the feelings and stuff that might be not helpful at that point. So I just focused on the small steps, one step at a time. You need to wake up, brush your teeth, do your morning routine, have some breakfast, and take care of kids, help them to pack some lunch for school and even at that stage where you're beginning the school the next morning the next morning yes that's amazing oh no probably that was then the, the next day after we arrived i think the first day they were just hanging around yeah what school did you go to 
Yeah, that was the the small school, like maybe ten minutes away from Carlo. That's Balnebrana school. Slightly different from possibly the city school where you would have been in Poland. How did the children settle in? I was very happy that school is really very small and everyone knows everyone. I know that they are allowed to support each other because for my young guy, it was very first experience to go to school in general at all because he never went to any school, preschool in, in Ukraine previously. And now he is just. Um, in totally different uh, circumstances, different culture, different different language. He can't speak English, so he needed some support from his sister because uh, she yeah. already at that moment she already spoke English quite well. So I was really happy that that is a small school. I um, I appreciate all the support from teachers from the. Uh, principal because everyone w- was just very open to help us to help in any in directions that we needed so it was quite smooth experience for us yes I, and you just seem to settle in, into life in in carlo and and the children just went to school and they had a very happy three months end of term i can't say that they were really very happy because my daughter she was um she misses her friends from Ukraine. Okay. They uh, still communicated through uh, messengers and she still was doing uh, the online lessons with Ukrainian class just to accomplish the um, the class that that she, she she started that was interrupted just to you know to to finish that at the end of the year and not in the middle. So she was still doing some online classes with Ukrainian school and uh, she was uh, trying to find new connections, new friends in, in her Irish class. Yeah, and is she a, a, an introvert or an extrovert? Was she somebody that picks up friends easily? Yeah, I think that is her superpower to, You're to find... You're smiling when you say that, yeah. Yeah, yeah to, to find new friends. And uh, it looks like the things that she's sharing with me, I see that she she's getting well with, with new people and she has new small community there in mm. in her class and uh, she knows teachers teachers knows her uh, teachers knows her and like it's it's a good thing yeah especially for a small small school i think did she ask about her dad uh, they talk to their dad uh, almost daily when we had the chance so we we just used all the technologies possible to yeah. talk or to talk with video yeah, and was he back in the flat at that stage, or had he gone? Had he joined the army? At that stage, yeah, he joined the army, yeah. and he was for uh, almost two months. He was on the um, trainings. He was on the military trainings. Okay, oh, training, training. Yeah, yeah, very. It's yeah, isn't technology amazing in that he can probably be on a phone somewhere and look and speak to your yourself and your his two children your two children and there is some sort of sense of normality even if it is by phone that the children can see him it must be it must be a great relief for them maybe a great relief for him a great relief for you that there is that communication so when you're so far apart yeah for sure unfortunately uh we used to speak to my parents through technologies through video calls for for years so unfortunately that is that is the part of our life so that wasn't something totally new 
but unfortunately uh, where you you are sent to do your military service that's not always the place where you have stable internet so it's not the case when you have control over like okay i could do that whenever i want so it was it was some some issue okay okay listen you got involved with the tennis club i have to ask you about that because that's where i met you first yeah i think actually that was the the best decision once i arrived to uh, to ireland that was like typical weekend and uh, sandra uh, asked me if i will join her on her sunday morning training on ten in tennis club i said like i don't have any trainers runners i don't have any stuff <laughs> i don't have any equipment for that but she borrowed me a racket and i said why not <laughs> yeah i was talking to somebody there recently i have to my own daughter and i was exp- telling her that i was meeting you today and um I was saying how when I remember you first joining the tennis club, you were just, and I've taught you about it before, about getting the ball over. And my daughter said, all is a very good tennis player now. So, and like that came from, and you did tell me before that that came from, and that you didn't have any background in tennis, or you didn't have any background in racket sports. And I remember also when I, when I met you, you were saying you were one of the lucky Ukrainians that you had everything that you did have and I presume you were talking about that you were able to work that you didn't lose your job that you were able to work online that you had friends do you want to talk about that and yeah I heard two at least two questions in this I'm sorry I did I did yeah sorry thanks for taking me to task there thanks (laughs) sorry yeah so uh, I had actually background in tennis Uh, I played when I was a kid when I was maybe nine years old i don't remember that for sure but that was like one training a week during maybe one year so it wasn't really very deep and professional but i think that body and muscle memory knows stuff like it was definitely when i just uh, started to play here in ireland i just was trying to get the ball over the net and that's it <laughs> yeah well you were doing it quite successfully and getting more and more successful at doing that yeah, yeah, then I took a couple of lessons from uh, from the coach, and uh, he tweaked some some small. He did some t- small changes into the technique, and then I felt more confident in the hitting the ball in in the how you feel in the court and what to think, what to watch in the opponent, and I, so I enjoy doing tennis. So I invest some time in doing that. <laughs> And the second part of the question was about that I I indeed know that I'm I'm very lucky, like I could compare myself and my situation to other Ukrainians who arrived to Ireland. Um, so definitely, I have a, my job. That is a huge part of everything. Like that helped to cover where do you live, what you will put on on the table for for you for your kids how you will spend time how you will distress your mind and for sure i have a really good level of living here yeah so you were very happy still in contact with your husband the months are going by and look he's obviously becoming more involved in the military situation 
in Ukraine. Were you very worried about him at the time? Or were you worried the whole time? Or did you just try and... I don't know. I, I honestly don't know how I'd feel if my wife was away fighting somewhere the whole time. I just... I'm trying to... How would I put it? I, I don't know how you how you coped with it, knowing that he was, at any stage, was in danger all the time. Yeah, definitely. I'm worrying all the time. Sometimes it's like going up. Sometimes it's just a little bit down. But you you worry all the time as like the part of your family, the uh, your beloved one is somewhere far away. You don't know even the definitely location where he is because he he just can't tell you where he is because of the um the type of the security service, the yes. security stuff yeah. yes and when he is on the uh, missions he doesn't have any any technology to connect with you and that definitely put you down for several days when you don't have any news about him so that's definitely something that is no matter what are you doing, no matter are you doing your work or you're playing with your kids or you playing tennis, it is always somewhere on the background of your mind. And like it, it, if there was a phone call that you didn't recognize the number, was did it ever come to you, oh, this could be bad news? I try to keep my uh, expectations, like zero expectations. So there were situations when he called from other phones as he didn't have his own and definitely I wrapped up any my work meeting whatever you are doing because you know that that might be the very important thing and I was lucky that all the time it was just okay I'm okay okay the short call okay. I'm okay I'm alive and that's that's already a relief you know so then you did get bad news not the ultra bad news you could have got, but you did get bad news that he had been injured in an explosion. I yeah. don't want to upset you, but can you, or do you feel that you're up to telling me how you got that news and the, the decisions you took after that? Yeah, he messaged me and I understood from, actually he messaged from uh, some some other phone number and I saw that how the words is written, the orthographics and all that stuff. It doesn't look normal one, but I recognize that 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 was message from him. Um, in several minutes, he was able to call me. I heard his voice is not normal one. And he told like, I'm okay, I'm alive. So it was already a red flag that something happened, but he is alive. So it, something happened, but you you don't know the whole picture what is going on at that point i was thinking if i want to go to ukraine to uh, visit him in the hospital but uh, staying in, in other country with two kids like you have the responsibility for kids and you need to understand to to split your feelings versus the um, the outcome of of the actions like if I will go to visit him in the hospital, he is not in the hospital in some um, in some western part of Ukraine. No, he was in the hospital very close to the front line. Will I bring bring my two kids to the, that hospital? I don't think so because it's like a high probability of danger situation. 
is do I have people who will take care of my kids if I will visit him? What will happen if I will if I will enter Ukraine, but I won't be able to leave it for for whatever reason? What so it was like really very tough chain of thoughts, and uh, we agreed. I I texted my husband and we spoke, and we agreed that there is no sense for me and for kids to go uh, back to Ukraine at that point. And um, he was visited by his sisters, so he had some support from the family. Uh, That was already mm, good. And actually, a lot of volunteers, a lot of people will support the military people who were injured, who stays in hospitals. So he wasn't alone, that's uh, that's for sure. And when we were thinking about the situation and what we could do, we decided that actually it would be safe for us with kids to stay here. Okay. Rather than going back. Okay. And when then did it happen that you got the news that he was being, what, what, how would we call it, um, allowed leave the, the army and come to Ireland? The whole year passed since the injury till he got the medical conclusion that uh, his health is not good enough to proceed with military services. And he was allowed to retire from from the army, so it was the whole year after that. As uh, there there are several medical commissions, medical um, consultants who will uh, take a look from different angles, from different perspective, and there are several iterations of that before you will you will be able to get this this conclusion. Yeah, and I can just imagine now you find that he's being allowed to leave the army. And sorry, how how did you come to the uh, the, the decision that he joined you in Ireland? We don't have this decision yet as he, he just came here with no back, back okay, flight. Okay, <laughs> okay, I presume the fact that he was here now meant that he was here permanently. That's not the case. No, he will, he will need to go back to Ukraine for a month uh, in in a couple of weeks. Um, like there are a lot of stuff that that he needs to accomplish there in Ukraine, then he will come back. But, you know, in our situation, it's tough to make any decision for any future. Like when I was deciding to move to Ireland, that was really very tough for me. I couldn't sleep for several nights because of all those thoughts, thinking and uh, trying to find all the pros and cons. And actually, I promised myself that I will make this decision for one year. I will, I, I'm not making the decision for my whole life, but just for one year. So we will take... Your one year to stay here, you. Yes. With your two children, yes. Yes, and yes. then once this year will pass, I will think that's uh, that again. Mm. Now I made the decision for maybe another six months. Then I will make the decision for another six months. Everything is changing so fast, so it is... Like it's not fair to to demand from yourself to make the decision for a yeah. long period of I, time. I, you use the words I, but really you're in consultation with your husband the whole time. Yes, yes, for sure. Yeah. So you're in, he's got, what did you say, two weeks, another month here in Ireland before he has to go back? No, he hasn't uh, go back, but uh, he will go back. He has some okay. stuff to, to accomplish there. Yeah. Like it's yeah. not the requirement. Yeah. So while the injury, I just tried to, I just tried to picture it. In one way, you're relieved that he's 
join you and the other day you're worried because of because of the injury and obviously his health is has taken a has taken a blow for use of a better word am i am i right in saying that 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 you were relieved in so many ways to have him but then you were worried about his about his injury ah when you when you see your beloved again yeah. you you're not worrying about the health at all you're just delighted to have him you you're just happy that he's here yeah. he is alive yeah. that's it yeah yeah okay I had a question to ask you about the future, but that is the future for you really, isn't it? So you're going to stay here and you have a place to rent and you have your own car. I love the car, so you have. I love the color, so I do. It's um, it's a bright, what can we call it? Bright orange, bright yellow? Yellow. We, we, nobody would miss you at the tennis club. They'd see you coming a mile away. <laughs> um, work going, as we said at the start, work is going well for you so at the moment. And... Listen, I have to ask you about the t- tennis wins. You're, the last two weeks, you know, you were talking about tennis and how you played it and everything, but you won two opens. You won a singles, you won a doubles with Danny Cannon. Yeah. They must be, you must be delighted with that. Oh, yes, for sure. Yeah, yeah. You won the singles where? Uh, Hillbrook. Hillbrook and Enniscorthy. And you won yeah. the doubles in Abbey Leagues with Danny. Yes. How many matches did you have to play to win the singles? Uh, four, I yeah. think, four or five. Yeah, what grade, what grade was it? I entered seventh grade. Seventh, yeah. Yes. Like yeah, they won't I'm put you in grade seven anymore. <laughs> but that's <laughs> okay. I, yeah, 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 I like yeah. challenges. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. To put you in grade five or something the next time, maybe. Six. Six. No. <laughs> you're, you're only going to go one step at a time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and the doubles? And doubles, that was... Uh, category d i believe yeah. they don't have the the grades like one two three four but that was d and we played against beginners like people who play yeah. like okay. social level okay. yeah but uh, did your children or your husband get to see any of the tennis matches yeah they uh, they came came to ours to obelisk but the games were quite quite short because the entrance there were a lot of people who entered the competition so we just met each other they they felt the uh, sport spirit everywhere yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like people are playing or talking or chatting about the games (laughs) and for the doubles that was that was for doubles doubles, yeah. yeah 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 Uh, sorry, did you say that children were there to see you so many games? Yeah, 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 but that was for doubles because my singles, they were uh, in the evening time. Yeah. It was quite late for them. <laughs> yeah. So what? listen, we're nearly there now. What are you going to do in the next couple of weeks? There's more tournaments to enter. There's more tennis to play. There's more bringing your children summer. There's more being with your husband. It's great at the moment, isn't it? It's great, but at some point you think like, it's too good to be true. <laughs> okay, okay. But it's good. Like you've told me earlier on during the interview that you're a positive person and you think positive and you try and think of the good things that have happened rather than some of the bad things. But look, I understand that at the back of your mind at some stage you, you will have to uh, make make more decisions. Yeah, we will, we will make the decision once it's needed. Yeah. Like, Take the small steps, one thing at a time. Yeah. It's is, is your eleven year old ready to go into secondary school? Not yet. Not uh, one six, more year. Six 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 class, yeah. Six class. Going yeah. into six class for in September. Yes. 
this yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, this would definitely be a challenge as well. We'll see. Challenge accepted. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, let's finish it there. It's lovely to talk to you. Really is. Thanks a million, Ola, for everything that you've done over the last three episodes. And um, I wish you, your husband, and your two children all the best in the future. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kieran. Thanks.